Welcome to the Carry On Cast. Dun, dun, dun. That's right, the Carry On Cast of Easter Lutheran Church. This is Pastor Kevin alongside Pastor Eric and Hans Vigasa. Yeah, Deacon. We're going to call him Deacon. That's the Deacon. Oh, my. This is quite the title. Welcome, everyone. We're so (laughs) glad that you're here. (laughs) We're glad that Deacon Hans is here. Mm -hmm. He's preaching this upcoming week. And this is the podcast where we take some time and we actually look at the upcoming scripture that will be preached on. And we continue our series right now, which is great. One Easter, one mission. Uh, Pastor Eric came in with balloons. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Kevin's balloons. (laughs) That's right. Thank you for bringing him in. Uh, To kick off our One Easter, One Mission Capital Campaign, which was a great start. We had an amazing beginning. The energy was great. Uh, Dave Unmocked was amazing. You're going to hear seven different stories from people of East over the next number of weeks that are going to inspire you, that are going to engage you, that are going to help you even find uh, your own story about why this place matters, why this community matters. Even though we're talking about one site, what really we're talking about is the people. We're trying to build a community where more people can know Jesus Christ more deeply in every generation, which is really cool about what Deacon Hans gets to see is he's got this front row seat with these emerging generations and kind of what they're seeing. Um, and can you just say something even about confirmation? Just recently there was a, we have all these different tracks for confirmation, different ways to do it. But one of the threads that Deacon Hans is really paying attention to is student leadership. Can you say a little bit about what student leadership looks like? Here? Yeah. Yeah, so I have a group of, of kiddos um, called Tim Team, and Tim Team is Teens in Ministry. Um, and these are kids that, that want to, or students, young adults, who want to uh, not only further their their faith journey and experience and depth and, and get deeper into that, but they also want to walk alongside their peers um, to encourage them in their faith journey, to encourage them um, in their participation in, in church, and to not only discover, again, that relationship with God, um, but to talk to talk about and, and to experience a relationship with each other um, as fellow travelers and as other people of faith. Um, and we just had a confirmation thing last night in which they talked about, like, these are some of my best friends. The people that come to youth group are my best friends, and I would never have met them or been involved in them, <clears throat> excuse me, if I did not come to youth group. And, you know, that's kind of what you want to hear. That and, and when friends start inviting non-members to come to events – like then you know okay they're doing something magical here and you just want to be along for the ride and mm-hmm. uh, and hope that you don't mess it up <laughs> absolutely you know it's so striking as as you were saying that and we were seeing these these student leaders kind of standing up in front of their peers the thing that i kept looking back at was that there was one specific confirmation mentor there who has this incredible connection with easter and maybe you can kind of talk about some of the high points of chad Gilgore, kilgore's journey to being a mentor right yeah cuz i don't think people would understand that 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 it kind of really shows this kind of long trail of god at work in chad's yeah. life yeah chad is a, an easter kid from way back when and and um and now he's a family man, two little kids, and, and an Easter member. And he moved out of the state but came back and came back to Easter. And I, and I think what is so fascinating about his story, part of his story, is that he got involved in confirmation as a mentor when he didn't have a kid that age. Like his, his girls now I think are 10 and 7, something like that. So five years ago, six years ago, he, he joined in confirmation to lead a group. And his students are now seniors in high school. 
And he said, I want to do that because I want something great for my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see what the nuts and bolts of this are. I want to see how I can walk walk alongside and then I can see if there's ways that I can help make it better and help make an experience that, that not just for his girls, but for Easter um, community to to enjoy and to revel in and to celebrate and and ultimately develop that kind of deep seated relationship with God, which is what we're all looking for, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's that's awesome. I mean, if you think about it too, if you go back from being a mentor, Chad also served as one of our summer student interns, which is an amazing program that we have. Rochelle runs this one, and um, you can reach out to her, rgill at easter.org if you're interested or you know a young adult or a young person who might be interested in a summer paid position where they get to explore ministry to some mm-hmm. degree, right? You get to do all sorts of things within the church. Looks great on your resume too. Chad did that. He was a camp counselor at WAPO. He you know, did the high school thing here. I mean, it's just all of these seeds that were planted because of the people of Easter, because of people stepping up, praying for them, keeping the baptismal promises that we're going to support young people in the life of faith. That is so powerful, right? Um, And Chad was kind of fed along the whole journey, right? Which is kind of where we're going into food because we're reading a food story today, right? Yeah. Um, Oh, look at this. I knew you were doing that. It's Pastor Eric. He's here. (laughs) He's here too. <laughs> I knew you were working into the intro. <laughs> the best part, though, is that Pastor Eric. What, what I want to do too at the end, before the end of the podcast, is we want to pray for you because tomorrow Pastor Eric is actually going to get on a plane and fly to Tanzania. So you're going to be listening to this. We always record ahead of time, but it's just important to know that during this time that you're actually hearing this, Pastor Eric is going to be living the dream, <laughs> knee deep in Tanzania. <laughs> and speaking of interesting With foods, fear and trembling. Speaking of interesting foods, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have some stories for us on the way back, so which will be good too. Um, But I thought we would kind of jump into the text for today. Do you have any – I mean, I always like to hear from you about Mark chapter 1, verse 1. I feel like we always have to go back to that because it really sets the tone for everything else in the book, right? thesis of Mark, the big – chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then this whole – rest of the gospel goes on to show um, you know, examples of, of what that means, uh, how we know Jesus is the Son of God and what that means for us. Mm. Yeah, and today, um, you know, as you guys were talking about all that, I just kept thinking about um, this story about, is about the abundance of God, that there's more than enough. And that's true at Easter in our ministry, you know. Um, there are so many people here with so many experiences and gifts that they bring and share with everyone, and it just means we have this abundance um, from God. It's just um, a beautiful thing. So you want me to start here with our verses? Yeah, you know, just two little tidbits before we got on here. We It's always good to look at the context of what's going on around the story, right? And the first thing that immediately happens right before this reading of the feeding of the 5,000 is that there is a, a political execution. I mean, there's no really no other way around it, right? John the Baptist is beheaded. And um, and it's, 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 it's one of those things where you read about this in the news, but this is definitely one of those things where there was a political action against a religious person um, for a reason, right? It was, an, it, was a, it was power. It was a power play, basically. 
Um, but I'm sure that that was so incredibly disheartening to a lot of people who thought John the Baptist had a lot to say, had contributed a lot of good to the world, right? And was related to Jesus. So, I mean, this is a family member too. So horrible to see that happening, but that's what sets this up. I don't know. What do you guys make of that when you have something kind of difficult like that that sets up the story you're about to read? I think even when you go farther back to that story, this is right right before, right after Jesus, the 12 have been sent out to preach and teach and cast out demons. So the beginning of chapter six, Jesus is sending the disciples out to go do these miraculous things and and teach and preach. Then John the Baptist happens. And then it says in verse 30, they gathered around Jesus. So and in some ways, this is a homecoming. This mm. is uh, let's report to our headmaster mm, yeah. as to what we've just done and seen and experienced. Mm. And and also with that, which I think frames the story a little bit, is they're just exhausted. <laughs> like yeah. they've been to Tanzania. And right, back. right. And you talk about taking a day off. Man, take like seven days off, dude. <laughs> um, like they're tired and they're yeah. worn out and they're exhausted from not only what Spiritually they- Spiritually exhausted. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The whole body experience, mm-hmm. uh, mentally, physically, and emotionally, spiritually. Um and so now, now we meet Jesus, or they're meeting Jesus, and I, I gotta believe they're just going. We just want to rest, man. We just want to, like, let's play a game of Monopoly and just hang out together, <laughs> get some, get some Chick Fil A, and, and have some. I'm have coming over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah. And uh, I, I don't know what to, what else to make of the Herod story. It's just that it's just a, it's one of those, one of those stories in Scripture that it happened and. But it's a terrible story, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I prefer to uh, jump to where Hans is going. That mm-hmm. um, this, what we're going to hear today, is from the um, Jesus taking the disciples to a deserted place where they can just rest and and process, and then all these people follow, <laughs> and they have thousands of people now following because they know who Jesus is. They they want to hear his teaching. They they're seeing him perform miracles, and so they can't get away. You know, his ministry has become very public now. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with um, chapter six, verse thirty-four. As he went ashore, as Jesus went ashore. He saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away, so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves. And gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them, and all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered five thousand men. Here ends the reading. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it's striking. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We we can 
get that one. But in each one, they have a different way of telling the story of Jesus. But there's something special about this story, right? Right. Is that it? it this is the of the of the miracles Jesus performed. This is the only one in all four gospels. There's something really powerful when you kind of look at and notice that the whole thing is about food, right? It's about something that everybody needs, regardless of any type of background, no matter what story you're living, right? There's something about that. The thing that really struck me this time hearing this story was mm. when they found out, they said five. Loaves and two fish. <laughs> I was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> that is not enough." <laughs> what? Yeah, what stuck out to me too is when um, they sarcastically say to him, oh, "What are we gonna go buy two hundred denarii worth of bread?" <laughs> that's so. That's they're getting a little punchy. Yeah, at this I think point. so. <laughs> they're tired. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They've been through a lot. And but they're they're in the middle of nowhere, so there's there there's no store, there's no village, there's nowhere to to mm-hmm. to get food, and that's also where like when when he says we should send them so they can go buy stuff, where are they going to go? There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in a predicament. There's no signal out here either. There's no yeah. signal for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Wi-Fi available. People are hungry though. Yeah. And and that is I think a true statement when we see newcomers who are coming to Easter. Um, we're so fortunate uh, when I look at the young people too is that we have new young people constantly coming into Easter. I mean, mm-hmm. on the regular. And you don't know if it's mom or dad or the kids, but regardless of who it is, somebody is hungry for mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a good or a service because that's not what we do. We're not a store. <laughs> right. We're not a purveyor of religious goods. Uh, and even though it can be, I think, confusing for folks at time to kind of separate those things, mm-hmm. um, there is something here for people, though. And I wonder if we help them kind of put their finger on it. Mm-hmm. That is Jesus at the end of the day, that it's something that can fill your spirit in, in a different way than anything else can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's interesting, too, is um, Jesus is the Son of God, as we as we lifted up from verse 1. Um and he has the ability to just, you know, look up to heaven without the the five loaves and two fish, and and produce the food that they need. You know, this like when he turned water into wine, he he could have just filled those jugs with wine, but he has them get water, and he asks, "What do you have already present?" And it's not enough. But then, that's how he chooses to work. He takes what's not enough, and he looks up to heaven. And then, and then they pass it around, and there's more than enough. There's an, and there's actually uh, such an abundance. It's kind of silly how that ends up. There's baskets full when it's when all said and done, and that's interesting too. That that's how Jesus works. He chooses to work through congregations like Easter and all of our neighboring congregations mm-hmm. to deliver the forgiveness of sin, salvation, and eternal life. But he thats he works through us and through the people who gather here. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah, I think to that, to that point, uh, Pastor Eric, at the end or near the end, after Jesus blessing the loaves of bread, you know, which has got a Eucharist flavor to it. Um, right. It says in verse 42, and they ate. So the people there that ate. And again, it says 5,000 men. So we don't know if there's also 5,000 right. women. And if there's 10,000 kids. So I sometimes say <laughs> yeah. this is a feat of the 20,000. Right. It's not just 5,000. Very good. Um, 
But it says in verse 42, and all ate and were filled. Another translation says, and they were satisfied. Right. I like that word better. Because I think as as you were talking, I think part of that satisfaction is not just a physical hunger, right? Like the first thing Jesus sees that they need is they need to be taught. They need to be shown mm-hmm. something different. And this is a people, um, if this is you know near the Sea of Galilee, this is a people that is impoverished, that is marginalized, that is uh, frowned upon, that is not part of the elite, that is not part of the elect. And so this is the people that is constantly hungry and constantly needing more. Um, and scarcity is is the flavor of life. Sheep without a shepherd, yeah. it says. Um, constantly. Mm-hmm. And so here Jesus comes to them, takes compassion, which he's tired of himself, I think. And his and his his boys, his apostles, just want to share their experiences. Just want to tell, here's what we did. Here's what we did. Um, tell us what this means. And Jesus sees them. It takes compassion. And then the first thing he does is teach in this deserted place. He feeds their spirit. Yeah. He feeds their soul. And then recognizes that it's more than just your soul that needs to be fed. It is it is your um, your right. actual physical body. Right. Um, we're studying the Lord's Prayer in communion or in, in confirmation, and we're getting to that part of feed. Uh, you know, or give us this day our daily bread. Um, this reminds me so much of that, of how we we sometimes as a church, we never know who's coming through our doors, but we always have to assume. I think that there is a scarcity that they recognize. And even though we live now in a world of so much abundance, um, especially when you think of food, especially when you think of other things, um, you never know who's walking through your door. And so you never know what, how they're going to be fed that day. Mm-hmm. Is it a handshake? Is it is a name tag. Is it a word? Is it a song? Right. Is it a, a look? Is it a prayer? Um, and and I, I think to be able, for us to be able to recognize that, not just as those up front but those sitting shoulder to shoulder together Um, that is so significant and that is i think one of the coolest things about this is jesus recognizes all of their needs and he doesn't take it on himself to do those he says to his disciples Mm -hmm. you go gather it and then tell me what you have Mm -hmm. and then see what i can do with what you have because i'll make it more that's huge isn't it i mean just to see how jesus actually meets that need and he invites us into it. That reminds me of back in Genesis and creation too, where it's like, hey, do you want to name the animals? And it's like, you're the creator of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Why do you care what my opinion is? Right. Mm-hmm. It's because I love you. Right. And I want you to be involved. So you go feed them. Because right. we want to, God has always been relational. God has always been, you know, part of that. And I love too what you're saying, Deacon Hunts, too, about at the very beginning, what's the first kind of reaction Jesus has to the crowd is compassion, mm-hmm. right? And whenever we hear that word in English, there really is a suffering component to that, mm-hmm. too. So Jesus is already looking towards the cross in my mind there. Like, compassion means that his heart is broken. That And it's like if, if, if you drive by somebody and, and it's not <laughs> – nothing's breaking your heart these days, we got to have a heart check. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I also like – I was looking at uh, reflections in the notes that Pastor Megan has here, and, and I think this is great. This is a story many people feel like they already know, but um, just um, how – discuss how ridiculously abundant the food is. Jesus shows people that there is way, way more than enough because hmm. that's – you know, we, we are always afraid too. 
of that we're not going to be enough, that there's not going to be enough. Um, and, in you know, in a way you could say that's part of what Jesus is teaching here. You know, it's like saying, trust me, I've got you, I am enough, and, and not just enough. Jesus, with Jesus, there's an abundance. Mm-hmm. And that's true with, with our congregation and our mission and ministry too. You know, this isn't about, it's not about us. It's that we gather here in Jesus' name. We are the body of Christ. And when Jesus is there, there's not just a, an abundance, there's an overabundance. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. That's a good word for us today, too, just to think about what does that abundance look like in our life? How can we see that? How can we name that? Um, and if you're looking for ways to be able to point that out, I know Deacon Hans will have a sermon for you <laughs> that will be able to name that. But um, thank you, people of Easter, for the ways that you're pointing out that abundance to us as your staff team and the partnership that we have with you, um, because it's changing people's lives uh, and first and foremost, ours. So one of the things that I wanted to ask in the beginning as a, <laughs> oh. as a, as a question that's pretty easy. This is not a hard question. <laughs> We're talking about food. Yeah. Lutherans are fantastic at potlucks. That's true. I have to ask you, what is your favorite potluck food? Mm. Oh, man. Oh, I have I have an answer. Yes. Okay. The, the straight answer is cheesy potatoes, cheesy potatoes. of any form. Whoa. But uh, it's funny you mentioned because, you know, Pastor Kevin talked about me going to Tanzania. And mm-hmm. so tonight is my family's last meal together before I leave. We're having tater tot hot dish. <laughs> nice. So there's two answers for you. <laughs> That's classic. That's awesome. Any type of dessert, bar. I'm I'm down for that. Like let's let's just skip the main stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's just eat the sugar. Not the not the carrots and the jello or any of that. <laughs> I can't go there. I, one of my favorites and my uh my dad grew up in Cooperstown, North Dakota, so very small rural church. Awesome food. One of my favorites is that seven bean casserole oh, salad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with all the beans yeah. and that crumbled um hamburger in there. Yep. Dude, I could eat that. <laughs> forever it's so good we'll remember this for the next yowie's gathering all right it's time for lunch (laughs) thank you for listening to the carry on cast which is the podcast of easter lutheran church where our mission is to grow in faith faith and carry on the work of jesus christ thanks everyone Sunshine.